You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Gary Harris Show for this Thursday, December 21, 2023. The countdown to Christmas is on, and uh, the countdown to 2024 is on, and time just does not slow down for anyone, does it? I mean, it's uh, it's flying by at a pace that, um, you know, I've said this before on the show, Justin, Justin Jones on the other side of the glass, that when you get to be my age, and of course, I don't know what it's like for people that are older, because I'll turn 60 um, next year in June, and I'm just often saying to myself, Slow, you know, most people are like, man, we want to, can't wait to get to this, can't wait. To, I'm always like, I can wait. Just slow it down just a little bit. Even once football season's over and we get into the spring and summer and people are like, ah, I just can't wait for football season. I'm like, I can wait. I can wait. I want to enjoy a, a couple summer months before football. It'll be here. It'll be here soon enough. And then once it's here, you know, you snap your fingers like that and it's, and it's gone. It, it really is. So, um, but, you know, the holidays are here, and the New Year's about to be right around the corner. And Alabama is one of the four teams that are playing for an opportunity to win a national championship. And I thought about this again this morning when I was on a show out of Memphis talking about all the, the recruiting yesterday, Justin, and, and we're going to get to the sponsors and the lineup and all that in just a moment. But the end result sometimes is lost in the in the short-term victories. And what I mean by that is the raking of a recruiting class, okay? Uh, who you got from the portal, you know, all of these things that, that at the end of the day, it's about do you get to where you're trying to get to? And four teams did. And next year, fortunately, it'll be 12 teams that have a chance. But if you're not in the playoff or you're not, you know, in a major bowl game, Really, all the other stuff is secondary because that's what you're doing it all for is to try to get the results on the field. So for a lot of these schools that are claiming recruiting victories, and, and listen, Alabama's ranked second in the recruiting rankings. So it's not like they're not recruiting, but I don't put as much stock in that nearly as I used to because let's just be honest about it. A lot of these guys that signed yesterday, in two or three years, they're going to be playing at another school or their third school or their fourth school. Uh, this portal, this this NIL is out of control. There's no other way around it. Let's 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 say it for what it is. Let's call it what it is. It's a pay-for-play. How much money can you give me? Nobody seems to be academically ineligible anymore. Guys go from one school to a second school to a third school to a fourth school, and it's just, it's just what it is. And it's not about name, image, and likeness. That's what they call it, but it's how much money can you give me? And are there some student athletes that are legit name, image, and likeness? Yes, there are. I can think of some here at Alabama that actually are getting money to represent a company and do promotional work and do uh, commercials and do uh, events and things like that. But but there are a lot of players. It's like Dylan Raiola when he flipped from Georgia to Nebraska for the $2 million or $3 million Justin, whatever it's being reported that he's getting, I promise you nobody sat down. And so this company wants, uh, you know, they're paying you this. It's just, this is how much money we're paying you to come play football at our school. So it's, it's, you know, the whole, the whole idea that 
you know, this signing class is going to dictate uh, how your team plays in two or three years from now is not is not legit. All those guys that A&M signed, Justin, how many of them are left? Not that many. Not that many. Like you're just saying, though, with the uh, the money and what the purpose of NIL was, I think the story yesterday was K.J. Bolden flipped from FSU to Georgia, and it came out this morning, or maybe yesterday, but I saw it this morning, that his reasoning was uh, it wasn't about NIL. It was just I, I like to uh, the NFL production that Georgia puts out, which that's a nice <clears throat> statement, but it alludes to the fact that the other teams were offering money for him to go to. That's right, because if you'd wanted the NFL production, you'd have been in Georgia the whole time. You'd be committed to Georgia the whole time. That's exactly right. Uh, and But it's the world that we live in. It's the system that we have. And, you know, most people wanted the NIL without uh, – any thought process to how it was actually going to work and actually be in, 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 you know, instituted. And that's, we went from one system and overnight, literally we went to another system and um, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, guys are and and, you know, young ladies too, in some cases in, in recruiting, but particularly in football and men's college basketball, it is a, uh, it is a pay-for-play endeavor, and it just really, really is. But uh, we'll, we'll get to all of the National Signing Day stuff. Alabama, again, signed 23 uh, student-athletes yesterday. They may add, uh, you know, a couple of more. They're going to uh, dip into the portal. Alabama's uh, program and Alabama's um, – Football team is very, very, very healthy. <laughs> and Nick Saban is going to try to win a seventh national championship at Alabama beginning on January the 1st. So we'll get all that uh, uh, talked about. We'll get into the Bama basketball uh, situation, which is, is is not good. And I know people can continue to give me the Ken Palm numbers and, and they can tell me straight. I get all that. I do. I understand the analytics of it. But to me, too, again, it's just like in recruiting. Um you know, rankings and all of this and all that. Well, you know, are you winning games? You know, at the end of the day, um, I, I understand, you know, Bart Heitch on hoops yesterday. Well, there are Ken Palm numbers of this. And I, uh, yeah, but man, win some games. All right. I mean, you're six and five. And I understand who Alabama's played. I understand who they've lost to. I, nobody has been sitting here saying more than I have that Alabama's a good team. That's a good basketball team. But they're six and five. Okay, they've lost three games in a row. That's that's the reality. I'm not looking at the Ken Palm rankings or 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 projecting uh, where they're going to be and come you know selection Sunday or what their uh, you know their adrenaline chart is. You know what I'm looking at right now as as somebody who fought. You know you want to win games. Herm Edwards said it the best. The former Eagles coach, former uh, Chiefs head coach. You play to win the game. Former Jets head coach. I mean Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. And, you know, I don't need a, 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 a Ken Palm ranking or a chart or, or anything else to tell me who won the game. I look at the score. And Alabama fell last night to Arizona and Phoenix 87-74. to 74. And the game was much closer than the score would indicate. And Alabama's playing, you know, Arizona was number one until they lost to Purdue and moved back to four. Purdue is number one. Alabama lost to them. You know, they lost to Creighton. They lost to Ohio State. They lost to Clemson. They lost to good teams. I get that. And I understand it's a it's a tournament sport, and it's all about March, and Alabama may very well be in a good position come March, but in the meantime, it's disappointing that a team is losing. <laughs> you know, regardless of who you lose to, regardless what the circumstances are, you want to win. And so 
I just, you know, I'm saying all that because I was, you know, on the social media this morning, Justin, reading all of the, you know, everybody running out there with, again, the Ken Palm numbers and the strength of schedule and the and the projections of this. Win the next game. You know, I, I, am, I am so old school, Justin. I probably am too old school for modern sports. I, I <laughs> you know, did you win the game? No, you didn't win the game. You got beat. You know, and, and I do say that there are some good losses. Losses are not created the same. You know, losing to Purdue by six in Toronto, losing uh, to uh, Arizona in Phoenix is not the same as losing at home to a mid-major. I understand that. But it's still a loss. And Alabama has lost three games in a row. And they are six and five on the season. That That's, that's factual. That's not projection. That's not... You know, uh, where they rank on some analytical scale, how, you know, how many three-pointers are they missing a game or any of that? It's about results, wins and losses. And Alabama is 6-5 and five on the season, and they've lost three games in a row. You know, so... It is what it is. All right, it's 9-11 here on the Gary Harris Show. We need to let you know that this hour of the program is being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union, member-owned and not-for-profit. It really is just a better way of banking. In a world of uncertainty, one thing is certain. The Alabama Credit Union will be there for its members when its members need the Alabama Credit Union to be there for them. That's the beauty of membership at ACU. You can find out more at alabamaacu.com. That's alabamaacu.com. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. And put a little extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup for today. We are actually wide open in this first hour. We don't have any guests. We are going to be talking recruiting. We are going to hear from Nick Saban as he met with the media following practice to discuss National Signing Day and also to discuss... Um, Alabama football, you know, like he said yesterday, he wanted to make it clear that that wasn't just a that wasn't just a national signing day press conference for him. He made it clear, hey, we're we're, we're trying to get ready to play a game, and not just any game. We're trying to get ready to play a game in the college football playoff semifinals. But we'll hear from Nick Saban today. Also, we'll take your phone calls on the first domain kind of minimums hotline at two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. Then in the second hour, we'll have guest D Orlando Ledbetter. Atlanta Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I can't wait to talk to him about a Falcons team that is reeling uh, after right there in position to, to grab the NFC South and, and put a put a lock hold on it, and they can't do it as usual. And then they spit up all over themselves this past Saturday in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers team that had won one game on the season and is anemic on offense. As much as I love Bryce Young, that is a fact. They're the the... the the Carolina Panthers have been bad on offense, but leading seven to six, the Falcons let Bryce Young and the Panthers go, you know, 90 plus yards for a game winning field goal as time expired. And Atlanta now is, is not in the position that it wants to be in a bad division. So we've got uh, D Orlando at a better at 10. And then we got Jeff Spiegel, ABC 33, 40 sports anchor, host of the zone coming up at 10 30. All right, Justin, I'm going to get you in here a little bit on, on basketball. Cause we're going to talk, you know, we're going to hear from Nick Saban. We're going to get all of the, the National Signing Day stuff. But I hope I'm not being too harsh because I don't mean to be harsh. But I, I think that you can get not brainwashed is not the right, not the right um, uh, 
term, but you can get so hung up on the analytics and and you know you know last year when you had Brandon Miller out on the wing and you had Clowney and you had Bediaco at the rim protecting, yeah, I mean it looks smart to say well we're not going to take twelve foot shots, you know we're not going to take ten to twelve foot shots, we're not going to you know we're going to get to the rim, we're going to get foul, we're going to get to the line, we're going to shoot threes, and you were um, executing, but now all of a sudden. When 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 you're firing up threes and Grant Nelson is going what you know I have to pull up the stats he's going you know one for whatever nine to start the game or something from three point line and you know you're you're not winning games um, <laughs> I don't know that you know all those analytics matter you know what the analytics tell you. You know, let me tell you what I, again, Justin, you chime in here and tell me if you think I'm wrong. You know what the, what the score tells me? You either won or you're lost, okay? Um, and you better find a way to win some games because, you know, I don't care what Ken Palm says. <laughs> I don't care what this analytic says or the analytic says. They're 6-5. and five. They're going to go, you know, should be 8-5 and five going into conference play. But if you're sitting there in March, um, you know, and you're, and you're, 16 and 17, you know, or you're 15 and 16. I don't need an analytic to tell me you'll be sitting home for March Madness. No, I can see both sides, Gary. I see what you're saying, and, and I agree partially, but then I also see the other side, and I agree partially. What it comes down to is if we're in the middle of SEC play and we keep trying to justify losses, because there's good teams in the SEC this year. <clears throat> there's plenty of good teams. There's good teams all over the, the entire NCAA. But if we keep losing games and we're going, oh, well, they were quality losses, or we're trying to find the silver lining, like you said, a loss is a loss. And you need wins if you want to get into the tournament, if you want to have a chance to win a national Well, game. yeah, and I'll tell you this, too. Again, and when you're making them, it looks great. And let's be honest. You shoot 43-pointers if, if you just make 15 of those. I mean, it's a whole different deal that we're talking about. But when you go 8 of 40 from the three-point line, 8 of 40, you take 65 shots, and 40 of them are three-pointers, and you only make eight, you ain't, you're not going to beat a lot of people. I'm sorry. You, you know, and I know Arizona's a great team, and we're going to sit here and say the truth that it was a much closer game than the score indicates, but Alabama scored 34 second-half points. I think they scored, I don't know, I want to say they scored maybe 15 or so over the last 10 minutes of the game or something like that. I mean, they didn't, you know, again, I, I, I understand analytics and I understand why people use them, but I understand reality too. Basketball is about making shots. You don't you don't make shots. I don't care what your philosophy is. I don't care. Uh, and and I'm, again, I'm, I'm ranting a little bit this morning, but I, I'd still rather make a, a you know, a 15-foot jump shot then continue to miss three-point shots. The ball needs to go through the, through the hoop. And this is a team that scored a lot of points early in the year against outman teams. And now that they've run into tougher competition, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, you know, and, and I don't know. I, I don't know. And I'm not saying I over, overestimated this team, but I looked at the talent. And Justin, but you did remember me saying I do – worry about when you bring in this many new players all at once, even if they're experienced players, getting them to come together, getting them to gel, and getting them to become a 
cohesive basketball team. It's easier said than done. And last night, that Alabama team, to me, looked disjointed. Uh, the rotation looked um, out of whack a little bit in terms of, you know, it, it appears to me the coaching uh, staff is reaching for guys now, uh, trying to find some guys to, to bring something. There's no set rotation. Sam Walters played great, you know, but he had not been playing as much. Now he played 20 minutes last night and had 15 points. And Nick Pringle only played 14 minutes. You know, Jaron Stevenson only played 10 minutes. So, anyway. All right. It is uh, 918. I got to get this break in. Tom, we'll, uh, we'll lead off with you when we come back on the other side. This first hour, though, we're wide open. No guest. We're going to continue to talk about the Bama basketball team. I'm pretty disappointed last in that performance last night, if, if you can tell. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you know, the game was much closer and it was and all this. And but at the end of the day, you know, you, you played those, you scheduled those three games knowing they were all going to be tough. But to not win any of them is disappointing. To lose to Purdue and to lose to Creighton and to lose to Arizona is disappointing, in my opinion. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with phone calls next right here on The Gary Harris Show. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by CBNS Bank. Bank anywhere, at any time, with CBNS Bank's digital solutions. Managing your finances has never been so easy. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. The Crimson Tide remained practicing this week in Tuscaloosa in preparations for the Rose Bowl game against Michigan on January 1st. Here's more from head coach Nick Saban. You know, I think everybody's got to practice with a plan, a sense of purpose, uh, everybody's got to kind of reinvest into uh, conditioning, reinvest into fundamental techniques, uh, discipline to execute, blocking, tackling. Um, it all translate in, will translate into positive performance in the game. Um, and I think it's you know hard to carry the momentum from the season to a game when you got almost a month you know between games. So players really have to reinvest in. Um, you know, all those things. The players did a good job, you know, in the two weeks in between and finals week. I'll have more in a moment. CBNS Bank has a long history of stability and a legacy of serving our community's needs for generations. You could say we know a thing or two about tradition. We've been family, community, and financially strong since we began in 1906. Being a team player is part of our culture. That's why at CBNS Bank, we're proud to sponsor the University of Alabama Athletics and prouder to take the field or court with you. Visit cbsbank.com today. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. Here's more from Coach Saban. You know, you're not really owed anything when you're playing these games. You know, it's like a one-game season when you're playing in the playoffs. So we got to put everything into it we can, uh, and everybody's working hard to try to do that. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by CBNS Bank. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit Alabama alabamacu.com to learn more some rules and restrictions apply see if you're eligible for membership then join today and feel good about your money 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Sky partly to mostly sunny today. Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight, mostly fair, not as cold as recent nights. The low at 36. Or tomorrow and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Saturday at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of The Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Nine twenty-three. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. Alabama offensive tackle Elijah Pritchett was arrested Wednesday by Tuscaloosa police on a misdemeanor charge of knowingly transmitting a sexually transmitted disease. That's according to the Tuscaloosa Thread. You can find out more at TuscaloosaThread.com. A police spokesperson told the outlet that uh, a report was filed last week before a warrant was issued this week for Pritchett's arrest. He was released on $500 bond. Under Alabama law, knowingly transmitting or performing an act that is probably or likely to transmit the disease is a Class C misdemeanor. Of course, Pritchett went into the portal last week and then uh, or announced he was going into the portal, then announced that he was coming back to Alabama. He is a uh, candidate for the starting right tackle job next season if, uh, as we expect, J.C. Latham goes into the draft. But again, Tuscaloosa Thread has all the details on that story. All right, let's jump out on the hotline. Tom is going to lead us off, and then Ellis will get to you. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Gary. Good morning. Look, I don't have long. I I did want to call in and wish you a Merry Christmas. I think Thank today's you. the last day. And uh hope you have a Merry Christmas and let you know how much I enjoy the show and uh, appreciate the work you do and uh, allowing all of us to call and interact. Well, you're welcome, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, Tom. Appreciate it, Gary. Have a good one, buddy. Oh, well, thank you. Just a Merry Christmas wish you. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Thank you very much. And, and uh, Justin, I think we'll, we'll be here tomorrow, won't we? Yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we, we'll be here tomorrow, Tom, just an FYI. Before Are you we, real? Yeah, I yeah. thought today was it. No, I'm going to be here tomorrow, so. Yeah, we should be here tomorrow. I think it's just Wimp and Barry because Barry's got that basketball yeah. tournament. So they won't be here, well, but uh, Gary Harris show's rolling on tomorrow. I might, I, I, might, I might call again tomorrow and do it again. We'll do that again, yeah, and and, uh, and call with some hot takes tomorrow too, Tom. Gives you 24 hours to come up with something, okay? <laughs> okay, Gary. Thank you. See you. All right, let's uh, stay on the First of Mankind's hotline and welcome in Ellis. Good morning, Ellis. <clears throat> Gary Harris, I'm with you there, brother, about the – whatever you're talking about, about the basketball team, just win some games. Yeah. Yeah, need to win, need to, need to win a game. And, um, I mean, again, I'm not. Defense is awful. No. Well, they've got some issues. No doubt about it. I just, I, and I know, we, I know we can get it worked out. You know, I just, you know, it, it would help a lot if we could have won at least two of these games. You know. Well, just one, uh, one of them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it gave them a little bit more confidence than what they got you right know, now. Um, on the flip side of what I said, they, they are they're a talented team, and um, oh yeah, you know they've they've got a chance still to have a good year, but the concerns that 
we've seen when you play good teams, um, and they're going to play more good teams when they get in the SEC. I mean, they they have looked really good against teams that are a little bit overmatched, and that's just uh, that's the truth. But when they play teams that can match them physically and have big people inside and have a talented roster, they're they're struggling to keep up with those teams. And last night, you know, down the stretch. You know, their inability to 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 make shots just uh, absolutely did them in. And, you know, they did a good job of getting to the free throw line. They did a good job of making free throws. Uh, but, again, you shoot 8 of 40 from three-point range. And and you got Grant, Nel- uh, Grant Nelson, who's <clears throat> 6'10", and he went 3 of 15 from three. And, I mean, he scored 17 points. He had five rebounds. He had two assists, had a steal. You know, you look at that and you think, but then you see five of 19 shooting and three of 15 from three. Sears went one of five from three. Estrada one of four from three. Griffin, oh, of three. One of five. Um, How many points did Sears score? Sears had 12, but he had a bad game. He only took seven shot attempts. They did a good job of, of, of not Dang. letting him get going. And then, you know, Rylan Griffin was 0 of three. You know, like I said, Sam Walters was the guy who provided, you know, the only really consistent shooting. He went, um, Three of six from the field, three of five from three, and six of eight from the free throw line, and, and had 15 points. So, um, you know, they did shoot free throws well. They went 22 of 26, but, um, you know, from the field, 22 of 65, eight of 40 from three, and against a good team, you're just not going to win. No, you got to score from the field. You take this, just uh, free throws, you got to score from the field. I still have love for Sears, though. I think he's oh, an he's awesome good, good player. Good player, tough player, I mean, uh, hard-nosed player. You know, didn't have his yeah. best game last night, but he'll, he'll be fine. But uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I believe him because the way he's played uh, this this whole season so far. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think our good coach we got will get all this taken care of. I don't think it's going to keep on. Uh, I just don't believe so. I hear uh, you. There'll be some changing. What about what but, about football? Uh, What's on your mind about football? I'm just ready for that game to happen. I, I've got uh, good vibes about this game. You know, uh, I think we're going to win. Uh, I think our uh, I think our uh, wide receivers are going to be too much for the the defense on Michigan side, and uh, I think our defense is going to be too much for their offense. Well, that's uh, what we hope. We hope that Alabama is the better team and improves it. The one thing about Michigan, I was on another show this morning. They asked me what concerned me about Michigan. I just said, well, experience. Uh, they know how to win. Um, they're, uh, they're solid in every phase. I mean, when you look at them kicking game, defense, offense, you know, on offensive line, they're good. Quarterback solid. Good. You know, Quorum's a good running back. Receivers are are. are good defensively they're good in the secondary uh they're good up front i mean they're a team that you have to you'll have to go out there and beat them they're not going to beat themselves they're not going to um you know they're going to they're not going to help you out so alabama will have to earn it i promise you that yeah uh and i don't tell you one more thing my my plans are going to uh nashville uh to go see uh maryland and auburn play 
Yeah, I think you might have. Well, maybe somebody else called and said they were going. Is there? Do you just you, you love Nashville? It's a good city, good game. This Music City. Is that the reason you're going? Or are you are you going on? Yeah, to- I, I love uh, Music City. I'm gonna rent a hotel room where I can stay tonight, so I can enjoy the night after the ball game. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, well, be- that's what it's all about down there. Yeah, you know, Talia is not going to play quarterback for Maryland. He's sitting it out, which I don't. I'm not a yeah, fan of that. But- can't blame him, you know. I, I, I'm kind of on both sides of it, but uh, you know, I, I can't. I really can't blame him. You know. All right, Ellis. Well, if, don't, if you don't call back in tomorrow, man, you and your family have a merry Christmas, okay? Oh well, I, I, I'll call back in tomorrow because I got something else I want to oh, talk good, about. Good. Look forward to it. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Ellis. All right, it's 930 here on the Gary Harris Show, and this hour being brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. All right, we're going to get to the Nick Saban, uh, and we'll take phone calls too, of course, but no guest in this first hour uh, of the of the show. So on the other side, Nick Saban met with reporters while in practice. Obviously, he was, you know, had to talk about National Signing Day, but he's also, you could tell, he's still, he's laser focused on this game against Michigan. So he talked about all that the team is having to balance right now with, with, um, bowl prep and recruiting and the portal and geez, there's a lot going on. But we'll hear from the head coach of the Crimson Tide next, right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. It's time to ring in the new year right. Bama, a winner over the Georgia Bulldogs claiming the SEC title. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Michigan Wolverines in the college football playoff semifinal at the Rose Bowl. Our coverage starts at 1 on New Year's Day on your home for Alabama football. Brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse. BirminghamRacecourse.com. You can be a winner, too. And now... Tarascos has been serving Mexican favorites like burritos, fajitas, and quesadillas since 1999. Their new location is at 4100 Owen Parkway in Northport. And, of course, you can find Los Tarascos in Tuscaloosa at 110 Skyland Boulevard. The bar areas feature big screen television so you can enjoy your favorite sporting events, Los Tarascos features daily happy hour specials. And for the best Mexican cuisine in West Alabama, remember, the name is Los Tarascos with locations in Tuscaloosa and Northport. For more from Tide 100.9, let's it fly! And it. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and SoundCloud. All right, 934, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we've been talking to you about T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery and University Mall. Still time to get by and and uh, get all your uh, Christmas shopping done if you're a man and you want to look your best for Christmas or if you're a lady and you want your man to look his best going forward, uh, get him a suit, uh, get him get him a, a, a sharp tie or a belt or anything that has to do with great menswear, T-Town Menswear, T-Town Gallery, University Mall has got it. And of course, obviously that one of a kind Alabama football memorabilia. We gave away great gifts all through the football season, our Bama football trivia. And, uh, Isaiah Bond has, uh, you know, signed a lot of stuff there at, at T-Town menswear. And listen, he is going to have an autograph signing coming up January 21st. Isaiah Bond will have more details, time and all that coming up, but January 21st, go ahead and mark your calendar. Isaiah Bond, um, the grave digger hero from, Fourth and go from the 31 in the Iron Bowl, and what a great year he had. He will be in store, T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery, for an autograph signing session. More details to come, but mark down uh, January 21st on your calendar for an opportunity to get signed merchandise from Isaiah Bond at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. All right, we're going to get to Nick Saban when we have an opportunity right now that we're jumping out on the uh, First to Main Condos hotline and talking with Lewis. Good morning, Lewis. 
morning, Gary. Um, I'm looking forward to your show and, and the other shows breaking down the game, really getting into it next week, uh, the play, our first playoff game, because I'm hoping we're going to have two games for us. But, you know, Gary, I am so tired of this Michigan us against the world thing. I mean, they've just been notified of allegations of, of uh, you know, during COVID of, of uh, recruiting violations and all What's that got to do with being against the world, man? That, evidently, there's pretty strong evidence as well as the thing, uh, sign stealing of uh, uh, breaking the rules. Of course, there's not very many rules left anymore, it looks like. But us against the world, Gary, give me a break, okay? Yeah, but that's the way coaches frame things. And, you know, that's all just, uh, you know, Harbaugh trying to rally the troops and and, and trying to uh, get his guys to view it that way. You know, it is us against the world. And look at all the stuff we're having to overcome. And look at all the pot shots that are being taken. And we're being, you know, that's this, that's that's what coaches do, Lewis. And uh, I'm with you. I mean, everything that's happened to them has happened because of something that they did, you know, that they brought on themselves. But, uh but that's the world we we live in and if you're Jim Harbaugh you're looking for any motivational edge that you can get and his team has responded well to his coaching this year and he wants them to feel like you know we've got you know to prove everybody wrong and nobody's for us and everybody's against us and and um, that's something I think he feels like makes them a better football team so I'm with you it doesn't mean much to me but it seems to be working for Michigan and um, you know they got one of the largest alumni <laughs> bases and fan bases in the country so everybody isn't against them there's a lot of people pulling for Michigan but he's framing it that way you're right I'm glad that uh, he's not coaching in our conference uh, because uh, Gary it looks to me like he has really picked some, some coaches and some schools some teams off in their conference because I think they're fed up with him, too. And I'll let it go with that, Gary. Merry Christmas. I may talk to you tomorrow, but we'll see. Uh, looking forward to uh, a good weekend and everybody gets to chill with their families and so forth. And I hope you have a great Christmas, Gary. We'll, we'll talk soon. Well, thank Bye-bye. you so much, Lewis. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I really appreciate that. I appreciate all the great uh, Merry Christmas wishes that we're getting uh, on the show this morning. All right, we're going to get into Nick Saban. He uh, met with the media following practice yesterday. And talked about a number of topics, including, of course, recruiting and signing day. But uh, let's begin with his opening comments. This is Coach Saban when he came into the media room yesterday uh, to talk with the press. We just got off the practice field. So prepping for practice, prepping for a game, um, trying to finish uh, this part of recruiting at least. There's still some other guys out there that we're obviously interested in and uh, maybe signing in the next few days or some guys that will wait till February. But... You know, we're really pleased with the class. Um, got a lot of good players. Got a lot of mid-year guys, um, you know, which I think is, you know, really important or helpful in their development. Um, you know, this is a product of a lot of hard work by a lot of people. I think our coaching staff did a really good job. But, you know, the people who support us in the university community um, do a great job, whether it's the academic university community, uh, our folks in academics, all the people that work in athletic administration, uh, all these people work really, really hard at, at helping us putting together uh, a really, really good class. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about these players. I'm not going to go through them, you know, individually or anything like that. But, um, 
know, some of them are here. I think we've got several guys that are already practicing. We've got a few more guys that may join us later. And, um, you know, I think there's a total of maybe 19 mid-year guys or something like that. So that, that's probably a really good thing. From a practice standpoint, um, you know, players had good energy and enthusiasm today, uh, nice enough to go outside. So, you know, the focus is still on, you know, excellence is not free. You know, you got to pay the price uh, up front and uh, there's a price to pay for it. And working on fundamentals, finishing plays, pushing yourself through, um, focusing on blocking, tackling, taking care of the ball. A lot of things that um, we need to pay attention to detail to try to, you know, get our, 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 our momentum back, you know, as a team and our confidence back so that everybody's playing together. And we got... Um, great understanding of what we need to do to have a chance to play winning football when the game comes. All right, we're going to stay with Nick Saban clips from yesterday, and uh, let's keep, stay with the recruiting theme. Justin, the, the last clip on the list is uh, he was asked about keeping commits, um, recruits committed, recruiting during bowl prep, all that goes into, you know, balancing the, all this stuff. It's the last clip. Well, you know, we our focus right now is on the game, right? I mean, we're trying to get ready for a game. And I know we got to recruit, uh, and we're trying to recruit, and uh, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of guys in the portal. Uh, there's uh, still some players out there that we're recruiting that we think are outstanding players. So we're continuing to try to do the best job that we can in every regard from uh, coaching our player standpoint to you know, trying to get quality players to come here. Uh, but, you know, the whole recruiting process, when we made an early signing date years ago, you know, we said this would become the signing date. Well, it also just moved the recruiting calendar up like six months. All right, so players visit in the summertime. That's when most guys visit. I mean, we used to have tons of guys visit in January. We'll have very few guys visit in January. So the whole thing is kind of just pushed forward. So um, I, I, I don't know how to answer. There's just a lot of things happening right now right, that take our time and focus and attention. Recruiting is important. The game's important. Our team's important. Um, so, and we're trying to, you know, manage our time the best that we can to do a good job in all those areas so that we can finish. Yeah, you hear the focus right there. You don't even have to see him. You hear that focus in his voice. I mean, he is he is a focused individual. All right, he was also asked about uh, the early enrollees already joining the team and practicing. They can't play in the game, obviously, because they're, they're 2024, but they can practice with the team during bowl prep, and here's uh, Coach Saban on that. Well, I, I think just in, in a exposure, um, obviously we're – the first three days we were here, those guys have to go through acclimation period. So they got to be in shorts for so long and helmets and then shoulder pads. And so they, they haven't even been allowed to put full pads on yet. But I just think the whole experience of being in meetings, um, you know, learning the stretch program, learning the weight training program, uh, being in meetings, starting to learn the offense or the defense, uh, being around the players on the field, you know, seeing you know, how a college practice really, you know, goes and how they can contribute and how they can improve. And, you know, a lot of them come up and 
you know, meet with the coaches so that they learn a little extra uh, if they don't understand something in the meeting. So I think this total experience is a really positive thing for them in terms of their adjustment to, you know, how they're going to transition into, um, you know, school in January and that whole process that we go through in the spring. All right. We're listening to Nick Saban, Alabama head coach on Wednesday following practice meeting with the media. All right. Let's get to the clip on um, the offensive line class. You're always trying to, you know, bring offensive linemen in because it's a very developmental position. And it's, you know, it's a position that's hard to project. But Alabama signed three offensive linemen yesterday. Here's Nick Saban talking about those guys. Yeah, well, we, we think they have a lot of potential. Um, you know, they're guys that obviously that's a developmental position. So um, those guys are, um, you know, guys that we think have a lot of ability. We know a lot about them. We had them in camp. We're excited about having them here. We think they can develop into good prospects and good players. Uh, I, I still think we're kind of out there in the market looking for some more of those kind of guys, offensive linemen. Um so just from a number standpoint and from, you know, a quality experience standpoint. So um, we're, we're excited to have them and we're still out there, you know, looking to try to add uh, some people at that position. Nick Saban from Wednesday following practice. All right, we're going to run one more clip and then we'll take the break and then we'll come back and, and uh, play some more clips before we finish out this first hour. Uh, adapting to modern recruiting. Uh, we've already touched on it. A, a little bit with all that they're trying to balance, but Coach Saban was, uh, you know, asked about that. I, I, I can't, I don't know. They're asking the wrong person. I mean, you know, we try to be honest. We try to be upfront. Um, we try to sell people on the fact that they can create value in their brand, that we're going to make a great investment in them here personally, academically, and athletically. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that still buy into that. Um, I think name, image, and likeness uh, has, you know, maybe spread, you know, where guys go out um, because, you know, some guys are interested in how much money they can make. Um, so, and that's okay. But that that's, we're trying to invest in the players and their future so that they can create more value for their future. And uh, there's a lot of players that still buy into that. All right, good stuff there from Nick Saban. We are going to uh, get to a break, and uh, we'll come back with some more of his uh, comments from Wednesday. In the second hour, we got D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons Report plus Jeff Spiegel. Hey, listen, the YMCA of Tuscaloosa is ready for you and the new year with uh, an incredible facility, brand-new cardio equipment, personal training, fitness classes. They can help you with your child daycare. Uh, look in if you're a, a man to joining the Y Men's Club, the YMCA Men's Club. I mean, what an incredible facility. What a great community of people. The YMCA is more than just a fitness facility. It is a community of people that um, enjoy each other and and come together and try to get fit and try to be healthier. It's just a great, great, great place. The YMCA of Tuscaloosa, 2300 13th Street. Find out more at ymcatuscaloosa.com or you can also call them and set up an appointment to go by and check it out. 205-345-9622 YMCA of Tuscaloosa. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Hi, Barry Buckner for Tuscaloosa Hyundai. 
2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big-screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Tune in. Rip. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight, mostly fair, not as cold as recent nights, the low at 36. Or tomorrow and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow's 60, the high Saturday at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, 951, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show. And let's uh, let's get back to Nick Saban. Justin has the uh, clips, and we've been going through them one at a time. Yesterday, we've been focusing mainly on the recruiting end right now let's um he was asking about julian saying a couple of times and one of them just says julian saying and one of them says julian saying adapting to the offensive scheme from high school so let's just start with the one that just says julian saying head coach on the alabama quarterback signee out of san diego yeah julian is outstanding you know player a ball comes out of his hand really nice he's accurate he's smart uh he's had a great you know high school career and um, been one of the best players, most productive players in the country on a very consistent basis. And um, we like him a lot. And uh, I think as all players, I tell all players, you know, you really got to focus on your development. Uh, that's the most important thing. What are you going to become? And uh, I think he's got the right mindset to do that. All right, we'll stay with Julian saying uh, adapting the offensive scheme because he kind of came from a spread offense in high school. And Coach Saban was asked about uh, – you know, changing um, some things to play in the Alabama system. Yeah, well, you know, we don't get under center a whole bunch, but it's something that, um, you know, we, we want to be able to do, and we want the quarterback to be comfortable doing. So, you know, anybody that's done that in high school or grew up doing it, it's a natural thing for them. So I think it's good. I think it's a good thing that um, they're not just one-dimensional as a player, and then they're uncomfortable doing new things that you have to do because I'm sure wherever anybody goes, there's going to be new things at every position that they have to learn to do and grow comfortable, you know, learning. But um, that's one thing that's pretty huge for a quarterback. Okay, yeah, that was in regards to – in fact, he took some snaps under center in high school. Alabama doesn't do it very often. As you heard Nick Simmons say, they're usually, you know, snapping the ball to the quarterback uh, off the off the line of scrimmage, but they – do like the fact that quarterbacks obviously there are times in quarterback sneak situations that you want to be under center and Julian saying did some of that in high school so coach Saban says that will help him in Alabama all right let's see let's get to um, a clip on Bubba Hampton the wide receiver out of Texas that flipped from the Longhorns to the Crimson Tide and uh, boy Nick Saban really likes his toughness yeah, I mean, you know, Bubba's kind of a dog, man. He's uh, one of those guys that's a great competitor, makes a lot of plays, uh, whatever he plays on offense, wherever he plays on the field. Uh, he doesn't come off the field very often. Uh, they had a very successful season this year. I know they had a disappointment in the playoffs, but, um, you know, this guy's a great competitor. He can do a lot of things, and 
uh, we're really excited about having them. Indeed. Playmakers, man. You got to have them. All right, let's get to uh, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. because he becomes Saban's first legacy at Alabama, certainly not in his coaching career. You go all the way back to Michigan State when he coached Mark Ingram Sr. and then coached Mark Ingram uh, Jr. here at Alabama. But here's uh, Coach Saban on Drake Kirkpatrick being a, a legacy at the University of Alabama. He coached his dad, too. Yeah, well, I think that's the first legacy for Alabama, uh, not necessarily the first legacy for me you know i i coach mark ingram's dad you know at michigan state but uh the first generational legacy player that played for us at alabama and now has a son playing here um you know i think it's great um you know his dad's been a, a really good ambassador for the program was a great player here had a great nfl career um so you really appreciate that part of it but uh, I know how proud he is of his son uh, and what his son has been able to accomplish and his, his son to have an opportunity to come to Alabama. And staying with Drake Kirkpatrick Jr. on uh, comparing him to his dad, different players. I mean, um, Drake Sr. was a cornerback. He was tall, about 6'2", um, maybe even 6'2 and a half. And Drake Jr. is a, more of an inside defensive back, a safety type, and a little shorter, a little stockier. But uh, here was Nick Saban. He was asked about the comparison. Well, they're different people, you know what I mean? But they're both good people and um, great family. Um, I don't like to make comparisons. I don't think that's fair. But, um, you know, little Dre is a um, mature guy uh, that kind of knows what he wants, and he's a very competitive guy. And his dad was, you know, had a lot of those same characteristics, and that's why he became the kind of player that he was. Perfect timing, too. That's going to do it for our Nick Saban clips, and they just coincided with the end of the hour. Just couldn't have worked out any better. This hour of the Gary Harris Show has been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. Convenience and savings make life better. The ACU Lifestyle Account. Learn more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com, Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. All right, we're going to change gears in the second hour. We were guest-free in this first hour. That won't be the case in hour number two. We'll start it off with D. Orlando Ledbetter with the Falcons Report. Also, Jeff Spiegel will be with us. More of your phone calls, more analysis. Sports Talk, Gary Harris, Justin Jones. Another hour of the show coming up right here on Time 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Kevin Wire. Developing story in college athletics. The Athletic is reporting Florida State has scheduled an emergency meeting of its board of trustees for Friday morning. The first concrete step needed in any effort to enable the school to take legal action against the Atlantic Coast Conference. Florida State left out of the four-team college football playoff, and that is reportedly believed to be a factor in the school's decision. NBA action last night. 76ers beat the Timberwolves 127-113 behind 51 points, a season high from Joel Embiid, who also had 12 rebounds in the win. 76ers blow out the Kings 144-119, and the Celtics now in sole possession of the top record in the NBA at 21-6. 
Clippers make it nine in a row as they beat the Dallas Mavericks 120-111. to The Lakers dropped a 1-4 since winning their in-season tournament title after a 124-108 loss to the Bulls. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. A record number of holiday travelers expected to hit the skies this weekend, but Birmingham Shuttlesworth International says they've seen increases in air travel all year long. The shooting death of a reportedly armed black male by a TPD officer yesterday is being investigated by the Tuscaloosa Violet Crime Unit. It happened during a traffic stop when TPD officers discovered one passenger had outstanding warrants. And Kentuck has made it official the 2024 Festival of the Arts will be in Tuscaloosa instead of Northport. It's home for 52 years. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, let's do this. Hour number two of the Gary Harris Show right here on Tide 100.9 FM, 1230 AM WTBC. I'm your host, Gary Harris. Justin Jones, manning the controls, taking your phone calls on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline for the second hour, 205-342-9904. This hour brought to you, as always, by my good friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer, Patterson Comer, attorneys at law. If you need help with um, any legal matter, particularly uh, automobile accident, personal injury, wrongful death, product liability, 18-wheeler accidents, Patterson Comer, the attorneys to call right here with feet on the ground in West Alabama. You can reach Paul in Tuscaloosa at 205-345-1000. Mike's in Northport, 205-759-3939. From your first consultation all the way through the courtroom, if that's how far it needs to go, they will be with you. One of these men, Paul Patterson or Mike Comer, will be with you all the way. You'll see them in person. You'll look them in the eye. And remember, if they agree to take your case, there's never a penny out of pocket unless they win for you. Patterson Comer, attorneys at law, pattersoncomerlawfirm.com. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, it's time to jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in our friend D. Orlando Ledbetter, Atlanta Falcons beat writer for the Atlanta General Constitution, AJC.com. I've been looking forward to this segment all week. I know I know Orlando knows I have been because of someone who grew up kind of following the Falcons. It's just, uh, it just never changes, man. Um, <laughs> it just can't get out of their own way and and the last couple of weeks have been a perfect example of that good morning orlando how are you hey good morning gary thanks for having me this morning great to have you and and the fact that the falcons are still in the division race tells you just how pathetic the nfc south really is but let's get back to the carolina game i mean you 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 almost you know i don't know they sabotage themselves but to lose to this carolina team with their lack of offense you, you have to help them. They're not good enough to go out and just beat you. Uh, they scored nine points. They kicked three field goals, and that was enough. Uh, give, give Carolina credit after uh, Ritter threw an awful interception. They go 17 plays, 90 yards. Bryce Young goes 5 of 5 for 68 on the drive. They literally chewed up the clock, got it down to a chip shot field goal, kicked it on the final play of the game, and they beat the Falcons 9-7. to seven absolutely brutal loss for Arthur Smith and the birds. Yeah, no question about it, Gary. Uh, that's the kind of loss where uh, now everybody's jobs are uh, being scrutinized. The uh, All you had to do was win that game and stay in the hunt. 
now, uh, you know, the owner's going to be inclined to look at the entire operation and everything that's transpired over the last three years. So uh, you can't go up there and lose that game. They did it. Uh, they still have uh, life here, theoretically, but uh, there's nothing that they put out on the football field uh, this year that suggests they could run the table here at the end of the season. You know, when you look at at, uh, at the quarterback situation, it, it's not good. There's no other way around it. Uh, it hasn't been good the last couple of years. Um, you, you draft Ritter, but last year was an opportunity really to find out if he could do the job. Um, you know, you bring him in this year, and now you're going back. And, and nothing against Tyler Heineke, uh, but he's better known for drinking, you know, natural light beer than he is being a quarterback in this league. The guy, the guy, the guy's a backup quarterback. That's what he is. You know, he's a cast off of the Washington Commanders. Now you go back to him. Is he really the answer? Is t- if you if you're turning to Taylor Heineke at this point in this season, what does that say about your offense and your quarterback situation? Yeah, it says you're in the quarterback market, uh, Gary, no question about it. Um, they, and you, you know, just compare what the Falcons did with, with the Detroit Lions. They both got hired at the same time, Campbell and Brad mm-hmm. Holmes. Um, they traded their quarterback, got, um, a guy they thought was a stopgap guy who at least been to a Pro Bowl. And, uh, you know, they, they got a quarterback and built around him, and now they get ready to win the NFC North. The Falcons botched their quarterback transition, uh, have a decent roster together, but one that's not good enough to win a weak NFC South. So, uh, you know, those are things that they're going to have to answer for. Detroit did the quick turnaround. They did not. Getting back to the game on on Sunday, and again, I was excited for Bryce Young, having covered him here in college, knowing how tough it's been for him this year. But even after Ritter's awful interception down there when the Falcons had a chance to put the game away, you know, this is a, a Carolina offense that hadn't done anything all day. And in that moment... As I said, they go 17 plays, 90 yards. Bryce is 5 of 5 for 68. They take 735 off the clock, and they win the game. So you can't let the Falcons' defense off the hook because, you know, you've still got them pinned down at their 10-yard line, and in terrible conditions, they take the ball down the field. Not only do they move it down, but they're able to take all the time off the clock so your offense can't even get the ball back. So that, that's, that's bad defense, too. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, They were able to chunk it, too. It wasn't like they dink and dunked it against the prevent defense. They had 18, 19, and 20-yard gains out to uh, the tight end Trimble. Uh, DJ Chark had a catch. Jonathan Mingo had a catch, the old Miss kid. Uh, So uh, they were able to get down in the field goal range, and then they just ran it uh, and took a knee until the clock was out and – you know, the uh, man coverage or zone coverage or whatever they were in wasn't working. The lack of pass rush was a start there, Gary. We've been preaching that for yep. almost a decade since John Abraham retired. Uh, when you don't have a pass rush, you can't cover for five and six seconds. So um, I don't know if you can blame the D-backs on that with no pass rush in the rain. Uh, and, and Bryce did a good job moving around the pocket and creating him some throws. Uh, and we know he can sling it. So good for him. It's been tough up there this year, uh, but now he's got two wins under his belt, and one of them is over C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. 
and other over the foul. Yeah, it, it, true. And I, I wanted to ask you about Bryce and, and what you saw from him in that game. I mean, that last drive, now that looked like Bryce Young at Alabama. I mean, cool, calm, collected. The moment wasn't too big. I know it's been a tough year, and their offensive line is horrible. And he, you know, he, he deserves some blame too. But in that moment, I think you saw uh, – from Bryce Young, what the Carolina Panthers saw when they drafted him. You saw a guy that can get it done in this league, didn't you, Orlando? Yeah, no doubt. He uh, he was the winner, and he had a chance to win the game there, and he did it. So, um, you know, I, I really like the way uh, he moved around the pocket. You know, it, it took him 48 sacks, though, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he better dodge some of these people. <laughs> but, yeah, he looked pretty good moving around in the rain. And we know he can sling it. Uh, they don't have the best receiving core or the line. They don't have much around them except for Chubba Hubbard. Uh, that's going to really scare anybody. Uh, so, so yeah, they got a lot more work to do, and hopefully the owner uh, stays out of the way and lets his football people build that team around Bryce Young. You mentioned the 48 sacks. I guess the one thing, too, that he has – quieted the critics on is you know he's not the biggest guy he's not the tallest he's slight of bill but he's obviously tough because he stood up the whole year orlando he's taken the he's taken the beatings and he's proven that he can take the hits and uh, hopefully for him going forward it won't be as bad as it is this year but he the durability question i think he's put to rest don't you yeah uh you know we'll see if he can hold up over time uh being such a little guy and, and the line's got to get better and they can help him with the rollouts and uh, reverse rollouts and get him on the move a little bit, too. The book is Joe Theismann. Nobody, um, they want to act like that didn't happen in the, uh, you know, 90s. But Joe Gibbs did a great job of moving him around, uh, fake roll, you know, half rollouts, reverse rollouts, throwing the ball to Art Monk and Gary Sanders and those guys. Uh, when you got a shorter quarterback, you got to do some creative things and not just have him sit back there. Uh, in the pocket as target. Yeah, indeed. All right, let's get back to the Falcons. And, you know, uh, what's ahead is, you know, theoretically they're 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 still in this thing because this is, as I said, a pathetic division. But if you, uh, you know, if you beat the Colts and you beat the Bears and you beat the Saints, you know, you could still wind up winning this division. I don't know that they're good enough to win those three games. But, um, you know, what do you see from this Falcons team going forward? Yeah, um, yeah, the, the Colts uh, are, um, you know, pretty hot right now. They won five or six, uh, and they're doing it running the ball and some timely passing from Gardner Minshew. He's not going to throw himself into trouble, uh, so you're going to be in a, a cat-and-mouse game with them. Can you shut down the running game? And then uh, if Jonathan Taylor comes back from a stomach injury, are you uh, uh, can Kate Nellis and the linebackers uh, hold him in check? Uh, so <clears throat> that's going to be the best player on the field if he makes it back. So, so no, there's not anything that um, that they put on the field this year that suggests they could beat the Colts. They've only beat one team with the winning record. That was Houston. Uh, and, and, you know, the, them and the Bears are going to be in a dog fight, and Justin Fields going to want to show them up because they passed him mm-hmm. uh, 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 in the draft for Kyle Pitts. So, and he's a lot better than when they played him uh, the last time around. So, that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, a toss-up game. And then the Saints, you know, both teams will be fighting for the playoffs, um, you know, maybe, theoretically. And, uh, you know, the Falcons needed a 92-yard interception return to beat them when they came up here. So, uh, it, it's going down to the wire. I don't think the Falcons are factors uh, based on what we've seen this year. 
unless they got a, 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 a supercharged button that they got to hit this week and come out and play uh, like a championship-level team, which we haven't seen, uh, you know, this year from them. Just too sporadic, too inconsistent, too sloppy, uh, all of the above, turnovers and everything. D. Orlando Ledbetter with us for the Falcons report. All right, uh, Ritter, in, in your opinion, is he done, uh, regardless of who the coach is next year, regardless of where this, what direction this franchise uh, goes in? Is he, is he done as the quarterback of uh, the Atlanta Falcons? Do you still think that he may factor in at some point? No, I think he's a, a backup a quarterback, uh, you know, uh, maybe not here, maybe somewhere else in the league. Uh, maybe they keep him just because of the contract while they're working on, uh, you know, getting one of these quarterbacks in the draft this year. You know, Jaden Daniels would be uh, my pick. You got Caleb Williams. You got Drake May and uh, J.J. McCarthy are the top four quarterbacks. Now, if you lose these three games, you jump back into the top five. So, um, I don't know if the owners going to tank. They say they're playing to win, but uh, you know, uh, even if you don't, uh, even if you don't uh, tank, and you're like 12 or 13, you got to do like Carolina and move up in the draft, like uh, like the Panthers did last year. All right, I want to ask you a question that I've gotten from a couple of people that asked me to ask you, so I'm going to do it, even though I don't think there's there's anything to it, but uh, there is some curiosity here because of the, the SEC connection. The Kirby Smart question that's floating out there, um, is there anything to it? Would he be – I can't imagine that he'd leave Georgia for the Atlanta Falcons, but it, you know, would he have interest in the Falcons' job, and you think that there's a change? The Falcons would have any interest in Kirby Smart? Um, yeah, um it makes sense, makes makes too much sense. He's done a great job of building the Georgia program into a national uh, championship uh, team, two-time back-to-back, uh, you know, and could argue if they would have should have been in the playoffs or not this year. But if you know football and you know your NFL football, you know that college coaches never work. You know they never work. Blue Hope, Bud Wilkerson, uh, Nick Saban, uh, you know, just go on down. Greg Ciano, any college coaches that come to the NFL, they get their heads beat in because they can't control 90 uh, guys. And, uh, you know, they don't have uh, scholarships and uh, all that. But, yeah, yeah, he's done a great job at Georgia. But uh, anybody, uh, you know, that knows, uh, you know, the NFL, they know that the college coaches have never succeeded. And people say, well, what about Pete Carroll? Yeah, Pete Carroll was a pro coach, and then he went to college and then came back. Um, that's the exception to the rule. Um, you know, Dennis Erickson had a good career in college and decent in, in the NFL, but for the most part, um, that's not a good place to go looking for your, for your NFL coach. Orlando uh, on Arthur Smith. Because obviously, like we said, there are three games left. You know, and then this division, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that Atlanta, if they went out, could win the division. Then that changes everything, probably. But if if they don't win the division, and they're probably not, and, and they don't make the playoffs, obviously, uh, is Arthur Smith going to be back next year? Um, you, you, uh, I go back and forth. I mean, because you got to do a whole full analysis. Like, hey, have they done enough to warrant another year? Have they moved the needle forward enough uh, to, to to stay with this program for another year? And, um, you know, I keep coming back to no. Uh, eight and nine is not going to be enough progress. Three, seven, and ten seasons, uh, not enough. 
But, you know, there were some extenuating circumstances. You know, the um, the ownership group trying to go after Deshaun Watson, the uh, bailing out of the um, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones contract and playing uh, with a, um, you know, XFL roster one season because you're $80 million under salary cap. So, you know, you could argue that they deserve the benefit of the doubt and deserve to, to keep building this out given what state of the um, the franchise was in when uh, when when Arthur Smith came in. So uh, he's got a he's got a plausible case for uh, staying, and he uh, you know three straight three straight losing seasons on top of the four that were already uh, on the books. You know would push it to six. So uh, push it to, yeah six straight losing seasons if they lose again this year, not seven, but. Um, I, I uh, tend to think that uh, if they lose out, he won't be here. If they win out, he will. That makes sense. All right, Orlando, and I've asked you this since I've known you and we've done this segment uh, several times, but I still think in the history of the Atlanta Falcons, an organization that's no more for lo- losing than it is winning, um, I, I just wonder sometimes, you know, if – you you you've got you've got a world championship. You've got it won. You've got the Patriots down twenty eight to three in, in the third quarter. You have to collapse not to win the Super Bowl. And as much as I like Kyle Shanahan and he's done a great job, the 49ers, he deserves blame. Obviously, Dan Quinn deserves blame. But that team that year was the best team in football. And that coaching staff was was aligned. Everything was there. You're dominating the game. It's almost like the football guy said, listen, we, we you had your chance. You had the Super Bowl one and you couldn't even close that. So now you don't deserve anything but chaos and misery i don't know that this organization has ever recovered from that orlando you cover them every day maybe that's a stupid analysis but it's almost like that was atlanta's moment that was the time to win a world championship they couldn't even do it then when they had the game completely in hand it's like forget you now nothing but heartache going forward yeah i was talking to mike cunningham it's like hey we don't deserve nice things yeah exactly (laughs) It's like, yeah, you don't deserve to be in the uh, playoff race legitimately. Uh, you don't deserve to uh, get a new quarterback because you messed up the one you had. Uh, but, yeah, you know, that's just uh, fantasy land and dreamland stuff. What you really got to do is get the right people in into your organization and, and let, them, let them build it up. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh's the perfect example. Uh, you know, they, they've, um, you know, their own Tough times right now, but uh, they they let their football people make football decisions. They're not meeting with the owner every week and uh, being micromanaged in the name of oh we're supporting our our football people, um, you know. So it's too many hands in the pot here in Atlanta, you know. Um, the coaches wanted to stay with Ryan. Uh, I don't know where the Deshaun Watson thing came from, but it, you know we could trace that too. Uh, all this stuff will be coming up over the next few weeks if they try to blow this thing up once again, which it looks like they're headed for. All right. I just got um, – speaking of coaches, I know you got to go, and i got to get through the segment. Somebody just texted me to ask you about uh, Jim Harbaugh because of the success he had uh, with the 49ers. Uh, said, ask Orlando if you think he might be a candidate for the Falcons. I think he's a lead candidate for uh, the uh, San Diego Chargers. That's uh, Harbaugh, Quinn, and Biennemi. Chargers have first pick. Uh, The Falcons wouldn't entertain uh, Quinn, 
and then Bienemy is interviewed with him twice. So, uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. That might have a lot to do with if Arthur Smith stays around if they don't like the coaching candidates that are out there. Uh, now, if Tomlin becomes available or uh, Bilicek, you know, you certainly got to talk to those two. But uh, they're going to want a uh, full control of the building uh, if they're going to come here to, to try to turn this thing around. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't think Harbaugh is a fit for this culture, uh, you know, and, and but uh, he has done a great job in San Francisco, and he's done a good job uh, at Michigan, you know, hook or crook, however he did it. He got Michigan back on top in the Big Ten. Uh, and, uh, you know, in some quarters, that's to be commended. Oh, I'd love to see Mike Tomlin in Atlanta. Of course, you know, maybe his time with Pittsburgh is going to come to an end. Just somebody that can inspire players. That's the final thing I want to ask you about is these cookie-cutter head coaches. I mean, I look all around the league, and I'm not going to rattle off their names, but they all seem like the same guy to me. <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, late 30s, early 40s, they came up through personnel departments or analyst roles or, or the video department. Um, you know, they're all, they all subscribe to analytics. I mean, I look on the sideline, it's like, it's like all these guys are the same guy. You know, it's like it's hard to find a head coach anymore that has a personality that has its own. You know, I'd love to see the Falcons get somebody kind of a football guy in that role. But, you know, you see where we're headed with these head coaches. You know what I'm talking about, whether it's the guy in the Green Bay or the guy in Arizona or the guy in Indianapolis or the guy that just got fired with the San Diego Chargers or all around the league. It's like these are the same guys, this pool of coaches there. It's all the same tree to me. It's, it's, there's not much originality or, or innovation anymore when it comes to hiring a head coach in this league. Yeah, and that's been, uh, you know, part of what the uh, Rooney Rule is trying to fight. You still got good candidates out there, uh, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, are a little different. You know, Coach uh, Coach Daniels down in uh, Miami is a little bit different. True. Uh, he was here with uh, Quinn, so they took a gamble on that, and uh, that's working out. Uh, Flores is still doing a great job in uh, coaching the defense up there, but he's still in the league, so I don't know. Uh, if, if somebody's going to be willing to go back there. But, yeah, it's just a couple groups of agents, you know, CAA and, uh, uh, you know, folks out in Nevada who, uh, you know, who the owners seem to listen to and go to for their coaches. Jimmy Sexton, he's an Arthur Smith guy. And so they all got the same kind of clients. And that's what they present to the owners. That's what comes back from the search firms and so forth. Uh, and, and nobody's getting doing any um, thinking outside of the box or, you know, really doing any football thinking that uh, might uh, be cutting edge and uh, be willing to do something different uh, to, to be competitive in the in the uh, National Football League. Well, we'll see what the Falcons can do, but my my hunch tells me that they're not gonna they're not gonna do much, and and I I, I think we'll be looking at a coaching change. That's just my opinion. Hey, Orlando, this has been a great conversation, and of course, you nobody covers the Falcons like you do. So let everybody know how they can uh, get the terrific coverage that you provide when it comes to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at dorlandoajc, and our our website is ajc.com. We got some. New things coming there in the new year. So be on the lookout for the new AJC. Uh, but that's where you can find all of our coverage at. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great conversation with do Orlando Ledbetter. Went a little, a little bit over our time, but I was enjoying that. And, uh, you know, I would, I'd love to see the Falcons get this thing turned around. But after all, they are the Falcons. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll come back and uh, get back on time in this next segment. Then we'll talk with Jeff Spiegel from ABC 3340.
This is the Gary Harris Show on Todd 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Houston Hydro Steam Carpet and Upholstery Cleaning in Tuscaloosa is a Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today, Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight, mostly fair, not as cold as recent nights, the low at 36. For tomorrow and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 60, the high Saturday at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 44 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Eli Gold, Chris Stewart, and Roger Hoover live right here. Tide 100.9 is a proud partner of the Crimson Tide Sports Network. All right, 1026, welcome back into the Gary Harris Show here on Tide 100.9 FM. A great interview there, I thought, with... Uh, but do Orlando led better because the Falcons, man, th- this was a year that, um, you know, they had an opportunity. I mean, they had an opportunity and, and, and I guess still could, but the NF, you know, the NF, uh, else, uh, the, the NFC South was there for the taking this year. It was there for the taking and the Falcons just two weeks ago, when they came off those back-to-back wins over the saints and the jets at six and six, the Falcons were right there. I mean, all they had to do, really, is win the next two games, and they would have just about put this thing away. Uh, if they'd have beaten Tampa Bay, uh, that would have stalled Tampa Bay. And then if they beat Carolina, they're at 8-6. and six. They would have had a double tiebreaker against Tampa Bay, having beaten them twice. They'd already beaten the Saints once, have to play them again. I mean, they would be in the, I mean, they would be the clear favorite to win the NFC South. Couldn't do it. Lost at home to Tampa Bay, 29-25, a game they should have won. And then lost to the pathetic Panthers on the road in Charlotte, uh, nine to seven. And so now you're six and eight. You're you're, um, you know, it is it is what it is. I mean, you're you're behind both the Panthers and the Saints in the standings. Even though they're just seven and seven, um, you lost the tiebreaker edge that you would have had over the Bucks. You still get to play the Saints twice. So I mean, it's still possible you know, possible for Atlanta, but unlikely that they're going to win these next three games. Uh, but again, if you, if you're sitting here at eight, eight and six and the Bucks would be six and eight, because if you'd beat them head up and you'd have it, they'd be out of it two game and the saints would be seven and seven, but still you get to play them again. Plus you've already beaten them once, you know, but couldn't do it. And that's Atlanta Falcons football for you. That, that's just, you know, can't close a door. I mean, it's never can, get over the hump and again i go back to that super bowl collapse against the patriots but it's like since that time this organization has just been it's just been fractured and it's just not been good and um that's where we're at all right it's 10 28 i gotta get back on time so we're gonna jump right back into a break but when we come back on the other side we'll be talking some ball with jeff spiegel longtime sports anchor at abc 3340 in birmingham host of the zone we'll do that next right here on the gary harris show 
trust your trouble. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Glenn Fry and the Eagles, always intro speaks, and uh, we're going to jump right in. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Gary. How you doing? Doing great. Uh, national signing period, uh, three-day period, kicked off yesterday, so it was a busy one. Not the same as it once was, obviously, but still a big day, and and uh, you and your crew were out on the beat covering the, the different signings, and, and Alabama just did what Alabama does. I mean, they, they, they got the second-rated class behind Georgia, but the big story, I think, is Auburn. Uh, that's why they brought Hugh Freeze in, let's be honest, um, you know, to, to be the coach there, but it all starts with recruiting if you can't recruit at least uh stay in the ballpark with georgia and alabama you're probably not going to beat them on the field very often and auburn got the results i think in in recruiting yesterday that they were looking for and uh big you know a, a big day a strong class and it gives auburn a lot of hope for the future that the fact that uh, if you can compete in recruiting you got a better chance to compete on the field yeah i think their class was ranked seventh uh at the end of the day according to 24 7 and uh, it was a great class. And, um, you know, the, the two stars of the class were, were the two receivers, Barry Thompson and uh, Cam Coleman. And, um, but they got some good players. And uh, it was really interesting to, you know, hear, you know, the Auburn guys that, you know, spoke to us and spoke to Stu um, uh, yesterday, and including Caleb Harris, who said, you know, Hugh Freeze is flipping the script. You know, and, and he, in fact, his words were, you know, we're getting ready to take over college football in two to three years. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, Hugh Freeze is a great recruiter, not a good recruiter. He's a great recruiter and, uh, and he's a good salesman and, and these kids are buying in and, and, you know, you know what they say? I mean, the, the really good coaches have really good players and, you know, he's he's getting some good players. And he's sticking with Peyton Thorne, you know, which people wondered whether he would or not. But his opinion is is that these guys, like Coleman and Thompson, can elevate his quarterback's game. Uh, because, you know, there's no secret that, you know, the, the receiving room was not the best at Auburn in 2023. And... Um, He's getting some guys that can that can maybe make Peyton Thorne look as good as he did when he was really good at times at Michigan State. 
Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I think taking over college football might be a little bit ambitious, but you know, you gotta you gotta believe it to achieve it. Maybe a winning record would be a start. And Auburn to get that opportunity. I, you know, I talked about this last week. If you're an Auburn fan, um, this isn't just the the you know it's less than that. Nashville's a great trip, but it's it's a it, Music City Bowl is a really good bowl for a for a lower tier type bowl game. But this is a big game for Auburn. I, I mean, I don't care what you say. Results matter, and there's a big difference to me going into the offseason at seven and six as opposed to six and seven I, I think this is a big game for Auburn against Maryland yeah and it's a winnable game now that Talia Tungavaloa is out of the picture the Big Ten's all-time leading passer and former Thompson Warrior but then again you know Auburn's missing some pieces too DJ James is not going to play Nehemiah Pritchett is not going to play uh, you know Zion Puckett has said you know he's going to play um, Marcus Harris is not going to play so you know there's there's some guys missing on Auburn's side too but you know, I think it is important. I think it's important to, you know, build some momentum heading into next year. I don't think all because you you win a bowl game guarantees that you're going to, you know, pick up where you left off. But, you, I mean, but you, you know, we've seen it with Alabama. Well, we've seen them come up with big bowl wins. The Citrus Bowl win over Michigan uh, comes to mind. Uh, the win over Michigan State, you know, after the 2010 disappointing season, I think that gave them a great jump start heading into 2011. And so, I mean, you know, it can be done. You can get a big win in a bowl game, and it can have some positive carryover. And uh, that that's the hope anyway. That's why all these Auburn fans are, you know, loading up and heading to Nashville next week. Uh, to see their team do well. Let's flip it to Alabama. And I think Nick Saban, man, he's been all business this week on Monday and yesterday again with the media. And I think, um, you know, yesterday he was like, yeah, I know this is signing day, but, you know, we got a game to get ready for. And I think Nick Saban's message is that everything that you do in recruiting and in the offseason and in program building, everything that these every, every team in the country is doing is to try to be in this position. Uh, of course, next year you'll have 12 teams, so it'll be a little bit different. But, you know, everything you do is to be here right now. And he, he, you can tell he doesn't want the moment to be lost. Hey, our focus right now is trying to win a national championship. And I, and I, and I thought that was a strong message because, you know, everybody's claiming victories in recruiting. Everybody's claiming victories in the portal. And everybody's claiming, you know, we're going to win the offseason. Ultimately, it's about winning the season. And Alabama's one of four teams that have a chance to do that, Jeff. And I think Nick Saban's message is we're going to stay on point around here. All this other stuff's important. I get it. Portal, recruiting roster management, you know, all that. But we're trying to win a national championship, and that's what everybody else is doing all this stuff for, is trying to be the posi- in the position that we're in, and we're in it now. So we're not going to lose focus on that. Well, first of all, let's just say that if Nick Saban could do away with the early signing period, he'd do away with it. Uh, because it's, uh, it's a big-time big distraction, you know, for, for these coaches. But, you know, it's, uh, you know he, he plays by the rules that are laid down, and and, Gary, that's why he hired George Hilo, you know, to come in, a guy who knows Michigan, <laughs> who knows Alabama's system, who's, uh, who's, who's right now tucked away in a room somewhere, you know, breaking down some film, you know, and, and, getting, uh, and getting these guys ready who have been on the road recruiting, you know, getting them ready to hit the ground running. So, you know, there's, there's no time lost when it comes to preparing for Michigan. So, you know, the guy's always thinking. And uh, that's what you love about Nick Saban. He's always got a plan, and he and he always executes that plan. You know, pr- pretty much nine and a half times out of ten. Of these four teams remaining: Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. If you just ranked them one to four, of course, Alabama's the four seed in in terms of the playoff. If you were ranking the one to four, though, where would you put Alabama? 
Wow, that's a really good uh, it's a really good question. Um, I mean, you know, certainly, you know, not being a homer here, but I mean, I think Alabama is the best team, and I, I and I really I really think it's this way. I think it's Alabama, I think it's Texas, I think it's Michigan, and I think it's Washington, and uh, that's why I think it's going to be an Alabama Texas final, and I think it's going to be a classic, you know, national championship game, and I think there's going to be so much on the line, you know, for those two teams. You know, certainly, you know, Nick Saban's been, you know, kind of driving it into the players that, look, you know, a lot of people didn't want you to be here. So, you know, go out and show them you belong here. And then at the same time, you have Texas, who's trying to validate themselves as a program that has indeed returned. And what louder louder statement would there be to make than winning the national championship, but also beating Alabama twice in the process? Jeff Spiegel with us. Uh, let's talk some hoops. And I uh, had a little, you know, uh, w- quite a bit of talk about this this morning with Alabama and the analytics approach and the Ken Palm and the strength of schedule and all that. And I get it all. I, I understand analytics. I don't like being a slave to it. Um, and I understand all losses aren't created equal. But at the end of the day, Alabama's a 6-5 and five team right now. And they've lost three games in a row. And I get it. Uh, you've played Purdue and Toronto. You've played Creighton and Omaha. And you played Arizona and Phoenix. But like Herm Edwards says, you play to win the game. And, and you can look at all the numbers you want to and crunch all the numbers about where we're going to be in March and uh, you know how these are good losses and all that. But they're losses. And this basketball team needs to win some games. I mean, I, I, you can sugarcoat it all you want. They've lost three games in a row. And uh, I don't see... I mean, I'm trying to find some positives, <laughs> but, you know, uh, when you schedule these games, you don't schedule with the idea of losing them. I mean, you know, Alabama needs to win a basketball game, Jeff, and I don't see how, you know, once again last night, you know, you you, you tank from three. Um, you know, it, it, it was not a, a performance that um, led to a win. Yeah, they had some chances, but they didn't win. And I don't know right now if I'm buying it that this basketball team's getting better just because they're playing good teams, you know, competitively. They're losing games. How do you see it? Well, you can't make threes. And, uh, and you know, you're not making enough twos. And also, you know, they, they, the big guys can't defend without fouling. You know, we've, we've had three games in a row where Nick Pringle hasn't made it to the end. Uh, Wagi hasn't made it to the end. You know, Pringle fouled out last night with six and a half minutes. Oh, to go I know. It's, 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 got, it's becoming unbelievable. You're right. It really is. And so, you know, there's, um, you know, they miss Betty Yako. Big time. So bad there in the middle. And, uh, you know, they've, they've run out of opportunities, Gary, to get, you know, big quality wins on their resume. Now, their strength of schedule is still going to be great, you know, at the end. But now they put themselves in a position where their margin of error in the Southeastern Conference play is uh, is is pretty slim. I mean, they could finish 500 and and go to the NCAA tournament, but there's no guarantee that's going to happen. I mean, this team has got to, uh, you know, get sharp defensively. Nate's been preaching that week in and week out, and they got better. Last night, in some stretches, I thought Grant Nelson played maybe the best defensive game, you know, of, his, of the year so far. But, uh, but, but you know, they're still not connected together as a defense, and their big guys are really not helping them much on the defensive end. So, a lot of things to shore up, and, and they're heading into SEC play, and it's you know, ready or not, here we come. 
I want to talk just a little bit of NFL for you, uh, with you. Um, I had D. Orlando Ledbetter on earlier talking about the Falcons, but we got to, to Carolina, and and it's been such a tough year for Bryce Young. Been sacked 48 times, has taken a beating, hasn't played great at times on, on a bad offensive team, but we got a glimpse of, of who he is, a reminder of who he is and what he can be in that final drive against the Falcons on Sunday when he took him 17 plays, 90 yards, took all 735 off the clock, kicked a chip shot field goal, and he went 5 of 5 for 68 on the drive. And and it was a reminder, this is who Bryce Young is. Calm, cool, and collected. The weather conditions were horrible. I know it's just one drive, but it did lead to their second win of the season. And I think it was a reminder of why the Panthers took Bryce Young number one overall, Jeff. Well, when I think of Bryce Young, Gary, and, and, you, and I think of his career at Alabama, I mean, I don't know about you, but, but the defining moment for Bryce Young that tells you what Bryce Young is all about you know, was the 2021 Iron Bowl. Absolutely. You know, the the offense was pathetic, you know, for 90% of the game. And he's on his own three. And he's got to take his team 97 yards to send the game to overtime. Because they've only got three points. And, And it's just, and he takes his team, he marches them right down the field, completes some big throws, and then you know, ties the game, and and then they win it in overtime. Years from now, when people ask me about Bryce Young, you know, I'm going to, if we if, if YouTube is in existence by then, I'm just going to pop it up there and say, hey, look at this drive. Right. That's who Bryce Young is. And that's what he showed Sunday. And, uh, and I think the ceiling is still incredibly high for him. I mean, he, he just, um, they, they've struggled because they don't have all the pieces around him. But when they do, he's going to be fantastic. I'm, I'm with you. Um, big one coming up this weekend in the NFL with, with the Cowboys and, and the Dolphins. And, and Tua and the Dolphins uh, trying to secure that AFC East. The Cowboys trying to win the NFC East. And everybody got on the bandwagon. And they went to Buffalo uh, and reminded us that, that that's the other – Cowboys, uh, they they're still there too. So um, the winner of that game gets a lot of momentum, and uh, it, it's it's you know some people have said might be a Super Bowl preview. I don't know about that, but um, big game for Dak, big game for Tua. As the Dolphins, for all their success, the knock on them is hey they can't beat the elite teams. This will be another shot for them to do it. Yeah, and then Salty Tua came out again yesterday. Yeah, he did know, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Good for him. I love it. I love it when he gets salty. Because people just you know, love to pick on him for some reason. I can't quite <laughs> figure it out, you know? I know. He, he told he told us he didn't care about the media narrative, and, and then he then he spoke for like five minutes uh, and, and raised his level of volume on his voice and, and his mannerisms and everything, which told you that, you know, he does care what people say. But, uh, but listen, I mean, I love it. I mean, I love the year that the Dolphins are having. I mean... Uh, I came home last night and I watched the uh, the Hard Knocks episode going into the Jets game and and I love that I love McDaniel I think he's fantastic I think he's a great coach and uh, they got some really cool dudes on that team and uh, and so I'm you know I'm openly cheering for them you know we have a lot of Cowboys fans at the TV station um, and the only Dolphins fan that I really you know know extremely well is Ryan Brown 
And uh, I'm I'm rooting for his team, man. I mean, I, I I want this to happen for Tua because I think I think he deserves it. Yeah, I'm tired of people picking on him. All right, finally back to the recruiting. Uh, UAB was able to sign 17, uh, 12 high school players, a junior college player, and four transfers. What did what did you like about uh, what UAB was able to do so far in the uh, national signing period? Well, you know, he got uh, got some Alabama guys. Got about seven, you know, uh, uh, Alabama guys and. And, you know, one of the transfers that's going to be interesting to watch is Armani Goodwin. Oh, yeah, you know, who came absolutely. Out, he came out of Hewitt Trustful, mm-hmm. had a really good sophomore year at LSU going until he injured his knee. And then he had, you know, had some issues kind of getting back from there. So, you know, he's starting over, and UAB needs running backs. And, uh, and so Armani's got a chance to step in there and uh, do some damage and, and do some good things. So, so I wish him well. And... You know, this class, uh, you know, Trent loves this class. And, of course, what coach doesn't love his class, right? That's right. But uh, we'll see once they get on the field. And uh, because, you know, they're, year two, this is big for Trent Dilfer. I mean, year one was a past. Uh, year two, you know, he's got to make some positive progress because no matter what place you're coaching, the patience level of these people who do the hiring and firing is is thinner than it was several years ago. No doubt. Thanks, Jeff. Look forward to seeing you on the sports and on the zone Sunday night on ABC 3340. Thanks a lot, buddy. Hey, Gary. Thank you. All right, 1047. We'll come back and uh, get ready to wrap it up right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Patterson Comer is dedicated to serving our clients at Patterson. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens, but no matter what surprises come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about it. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partly to mostly sunny today. Tuscaloosa's high 57. Tonight, mostly fair. Not as cold as recent nights. The low at 36. For tomorrow and Saturday, partially sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 60. The high Saturday at 66. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 47 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Follow Tide 100.9 on Facebook today to watch our live shows. Read the great articles and interact with Bama fans today. Ten fifty-two, winding it down here on the Thursday edition of the Gary Harris Show, getting you ready for the Miller's Edge coming up at the top of the hour with Corey Miller, the pastor of Payne and former Alabama and NFL outside linebacker Christian Miller. Of course, Corey played in the NFL, too, for a long time 
with the uh, with the New York Giants. So their unique perspective coming up at the top of the hour. We got a few more minutes with you here on the Gary Harris Show. So if uh, you want to get in touch with us, you can give us a call on the Krispy Kreme Donuts Hotline two zero five. 342-9904 as we get ready to close it out. All right, back to Alabama basketball because I got a couple texts from people that said, you know, being a little bit negative. Yeah, I am being a little bit negative because I don't I don't want listen, Alabama's a good team. They're a talented team. They've they've proven even this year that what they're capable of. But I don't want the record to get lost in the analytics. I don't want I don't want the bottom line to get lost with well, we're playing good teams away from Coleman Coliseum. I understand that. But I'm like I said, I don't apologize for being old school. I mean, I'm still kind of the record is, you know, your record um you are what your record says you are kind of guy. And um I think they're a 6 and 5 basketball team. You know, a chance to get a couple wins here heading into the conference play if they can get to eight and five. I still think this team has a chance to to be really good in March. And but you got to you know just like I talked about the football team, they had to make November matter. Basketball team has to make March matter. You know they got to get to March with something on the line, and you're gonna have to play better to do that. All right, let's jump out on the uh, Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Pat. Good morning, Pat. Hey, good morning, Gary. But, uh, man, you live and die with that three-point shot. Sometimes you do. When you shoot When you shoot 40 of them, uh, you you got to make some of them. And to only make eight, uh, that's not uh, that's not a winning percentage right there. Yeah, I mean, Gary, I, you've been watching this basketball team for a while and quite closer than me. But an early part of the season, I was going to every game and – but, I mean, we had days where we were throwing the ball up like they throwing it in the ocean. They couldn't miss nothing. But goodness gracious, that uh, and it, and it was fun to look at it. But obviously, if that three point shot's not working, try you know try something else. Yeah, Pat, and uh, if you get a chance, turn your radio down. We're getting a little bit of feedback on you. But, yeah, I'm. I, that's the thing. Alabama plays the way they play. They're a three-point shooting team. They're a get-to-the-rim team and a free-throw shooting team. Um, you're right. They don't shoot a lot of what we would call – you know, intermediate shots. That's not the way they play. And and I love Grant Nelson's game. I might have maybe been a little too high on him coming from North Dakota State to what he was capable of doing here in the SEC. But when you're 6'10", and all you do is just stand outside the three-point line, uh, the entire offensive possession, and then you go 3 of 15 from three-point range, you're not helping your team much. I mean, I, I'm just going to be yep. honest with you. Uh, exactly. 16, Me, I'm a big you know, player. get down and get down in there and mix it up a little bit. Get some offensive rebounds, yeah. you know. Get, I'm, get a, I'm, a big, I'm a big Grant Nelson fan, too. And uh, something's got to change, but i got to blame that on Coach Oates. Coach Oates is the one coaching him up. Not a, you know, if he ain't doing what you want him to do, put his butt on the sideline and figure something else out. I agree with that. You know, I mean, it's got, it's all, it all goes back to Oates. And uh, we have got to find out what this issue is. Now, the biggest issue I see with them is ain't none of them got enough buttons at us. I mean, when we went out there and met up with San Diego State, they showed us that we didn't know nothing about a strength and conditioning program. I mean, nothing. I mean, Got pushed around in that game. There's no doubt about it. Got pushed around in that game, you know, and uh, – 
you know, they're they're struggling with big physical teams. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, Jeff Spiegel was talking about, you know, Wagee and, and Pringle, they just, you know, they just foul out. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, there's, there, listen, there are some adjustments. I agree with you. Some adjustments will have to be made with this basketball team if they're going to have the kind of year everybody wants to see them have. I, I agree with you there. I really do. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm I'm worried to death and get down there to Auburn and just be pumped down in there. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of other games too, but uh, we'll see what um, they can do. Yeah. Hey, Pat, listen, I got to close I, it out, I, man. Good I, to hear Merry from you. Merry Christmas, my buddy. Thank hey, you so and, much. I've uh, enjoyed listening to you this year, and let's hope we can listen to y'all next year too. Well, I appreciate you, Pat. Merry Christmas. All right, that's going to do it for the Gary Harris Show. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer's Attorneys at Law. Uh, Miller's Ed's coming up at 11 a.m. Big Noon Sports with Matt and Lars from noon until 2, and then Ryan Fowler will take you home with the game from 2 until 6. Catch me on TV tonight with your local sports on WVUA 23. And back here tomorrow morning for the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show. For Justin Jones, I'm Gary Harris. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Listening to the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.